You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. All right, knuckleheads. Thank you for re-entering the Bad Christian Podcast. This is Matt. I love recording the intros to these podcasts because nobody can interrupt me, nobody can take away from me, and I can say whatever I want to say. In just a few seconds, Toby and Joey are going to join us, and we're going to also hear from Pastor Jeff Surratt, who is a pastor of pastors, an author, a blogger, and a speaker. He wrote a book called The Multi-Site Church Revolution and helped pioneer the multi-site church movement. So you see, we thought it'd be good to have somebody older and fatherly and wise, because you guys know we don't know what we're talking about half the time on this thing, but there are people that do know what they're talking about and have a lot more experience and wisdom than we do, and despite the way it may sound sometimes, we love and support the church, we love pastors, and Jeff Surratt is no exception, although Toby and he do seem to give each other a little bit of a hard time. We've been saying it a lot lately, but I'm going to say it again. King's Kaleidoscope, live in color. It's free. It's Bad Christian's first release, and if you don't own it, you're nuts. I'm serious. Like, why wouldn't you already have downloaded it if you haven't? It's free. You can have it right now. We're committed to doing stuff like that at Bad Christian, giving you stuff for free, like this podcast. It's totally free. So the least you could do is tell your friends about it. Tell them about the King's Kaleidoscope EP. Tell them about this podcast. Tell them to download it. Tell them to subscribe to it. Subscribe on iTunes. After you do that, leave us a review, a positive one, like a five-star review perhaps. It won't hurt you. It'll take a few seconds, and it'll help us a ton. So thank you in advance. All right, now I'm starting to feel a little bit bad because... I'm always asking you to do stuff, but just do it. Come on. Just help us out. Three, two, one. Hit it. Yo, it's the Big Christian Christian. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast once again, all you knuckleheads. Uh, We call you knuckleheads because it's like the nicest way we can kind of make fun of you and feel like older brothers. That's what we we feel like. Uh, Toby has a younger brother and I have a younger brother. And Joey is a younger brother, so that's why we make fun of him. Matt, you have a younger brother? (laughs) No, I have a younger sister. Sorry. I was on a roll there. I am an older brother. Which is true, but Joey is a younger brother, so it's, that's why we fit so well and make fun of Joey as much as we do. Man, it starts so early these days. I mean, we get into our thirties and we don't, we can't remember anything anymore. Matt, what is your sister's name? Your younger sister? What is her name? Emmy. Okay, good. Hey, is that is that true? Like, what, are people getting earlier and earlier where they can't remember stuff? Like, at some point, will they will like a fourteen year old go? Man, I remember. I used to remember everything when I was six, and now. No, yeah. I don't think so. But I did hear an interesting thing on the radio yesterday. They were talking about uh, Alzheimer's and how there's stuff in in that you have the actual disease maybe up to 20 years before it shows any effects or symptoms. So Uh-oh. before any brain stuff happens. So they're trying to figure out how to test for it and know it. So maybe they could work on it. But if you found out, that would be basically like you finding out right now that you have Alzheimer's in your late 30s or something. And then it kicks in in your late 50s. So w- wouldn't that be terrible? To know, wouldn't you just? T- yes. I want the scientists to just stop. Don't find out. Don't hey, do that start, test. I would start sticky notes right now. I would just start writing them down. You know, like brush your teeth, comb. Well, not just comb. get used to it. No, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be terrible to know that that was going to happen? Like, wouldn't you rather never, never know that? 
Yeah, it's, uh, you're going to die when you're 55, and now you know it. You're 38. Yeah, there's nothing but they're going to be able to do. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because you don't know you have it. So Yes, you do sometimes. No, they're saying they want to test for it because they'll be able to find out. And then you would know in 20 years you're going to have Alzheimer's. I guess. I just hate it. I hate the whole idea of it. I actually do have a very bad phobia <laughs> that I will have Alzheimer's. That's called hypochondria. Yeah, I know. I know it is, but I just, I really hate it. I just, Joey and I, we, you know, we go visit with some, some awesome elderly folks at a nursing home. And I've just, in, I mean, it, within months, they can deteriorate so, so quickly. And we have conversations now. We go, we go meet with ladies and, and, and men as well who we were having very clear, coherent, great conversation with. And now, just a few short months later, we, I have no clue what they're saying. And, I don't even, they don't even know who we are. Yeah, there's a lady that I've been visiting literally for three years, and she has no idea who I am anymore. And I mean, she used to be like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. So the last time Toby and I were there, I actually told her, I said, Miss Grace, do you know I've been coming to visit you for three years? And she just looked at me like she couldn't believe it. I mean, it's just, uh, it's sad. Now, Toby and I, we do have to say little things to each other uh, to humor us as well. As much as we love and respect these older folks, we always are going to set out to make people laugh. So told me, t- Toby told me the other day, he's just like, you know, the worst practical joke would be to go <laughs> up to one of these ladies and say, Mom, it's me, your son. Like, how can you not remember me and do that every single time? <laughs> the one thing that kind of makes it easier, though, in the pastoral role is I did think that I don't ever have to actually, I only really had to really come up with one Bible study. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Just do like, the same one every time. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just find one that really gets them emotionally and then just do that one every week and it just, just be, on, you know, like, you really hit on point. Yeah, one that really challenges them and really works well and then just kind of stick with it. This is a horrible discussion. I feel terrible. Like a lot of things we say on here are bad. This one, Makes me feel really bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to say, though, that if, if they were actually there with us, then this would all make sense because we really do love every single one of those ladies. Is, all, is Alzheimer's just like a 20th century thing? Did people in the 1700s have it and they just said they were insane or crazy? Probably or? so. Yeah, but Probably. they didn't live as long. I think it's, stuff's got to break down eventually. So if we can live lo- a lot longer, we'll have a bunch of new problems when you're 130, you know. So, I mean, everybody wants to live, right? Whether you believe in God or not, we all have this innate ability or innate thing inside of our bodies that goes live, survive, yep. keep going, right? Yeah. But I, when I see that, when I see people in that situation, like just at a nursing home or something, I'm just like, man, do they? Are, what is their quality of life? What is that like? Just, I mean, you're just in some room all the time hoping maybe that your son or daughter or grandkid might would come visit you once or twice a year. And yeah, say, and most of the residents that we talk to, they think they're going home. Like, they talk about their house is ready. They, you know, it's just a matter of time where they're going to go back home. Yeah, I, mean, it's just I know. It, it's just, it, it just doesn't seem like – it seems, <laughs> it, it seems like – I hate looking at it practically. Practically, though, it is a very unbelievable amount of money to basically kind of keep somebody alive because I'm assuming in the old days, if you kind of started losing your mind, you – this sounds so terrible, too. You probably just fell down the stairs, or <laughs> I wasn't well, having that. Fell down the stairs. That was it. That was the big problem before Alzheimer's was stairs. <laughs> <laughs> stairs was the number one killer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise you. I've heard so many stories of like grandparents and stuff that fail, and then their hip, their hip went out, and and that was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really did hear it. It was always something like that. I know, I mean, it was the number one killer back in the in 1800s. It was tuberculosis stairs. and stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
funny that you say that about the uh, the the will to live because I've been thinking about that with suicide lately. And did I tell y'all what I think is the best way to cure suicidal people? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, you didn't. I didn't tell you this yet. Okay. And I don't mean this to sound irreverent at all, but I really believe what I'm saying here. You know how somebody jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge on that documentary and said he was super depressed, didn't have the desire to live, jumps off, he's on his way, falling down into the water, and then realizes immediately he wants to live. And most yeah. people, after they do that, they, they wind up dying. But this guy realized in that moment that he wanted to live. Then he luckily somehow did live. So that makes me think that would be a common thing. I really believe that would be common because, you know, when you're depressed and you're suicidal, you're slow, you're dull, you're inactive, and you know how even exercise can help with depression. So, so you're it, saying yeah. let the guy, let him go through it, but without... Let me tell the- you how. Here's how it works. Anybody that's suicidal or on suicide watch or you suspect of suicide or is trying to attempt suicide, you take them, we grab them, we take them up in an airplane, we throw them out of an airplane with a parachute on. Their choice. Oh, that's pretty good. And they'll, they'll get the adrenaline. They'll see the world from a new perspective. It'll be the most insane experience of their life. Guarantee you they'll pull the chute and then want to live. And if they don't, well, they really didn't want to live. Wow. This sounds Solved. illegal. That is well, it violates of, human rights, but think about it. <laughs> that is kind of good. That's how to, that's, I'm not saying that would cure suicide, but I'm saying that would be, you know, it's their choice. They want to pull the shoot or not. But they, well, well, no, I, what, I mean, the, the, very, the, very, the opposite extreme of that, though, is very sad. Wherever he didn't want to live. Then he's not that sad. But it, no, but I mean, you, you, he you really were, didn't want to live. He did not I mean, pull the shoot. In essence, somebody goes, yeah, I don't care about being, and you, you Matt, throw them off of a plane. So basically, yeah, I help, I, I, I don't. That's not enabling because they would not. They would want to live when they. You got. You're flying, looking at the whole earth from that point of view, and you get the adrenaline. You'd be like, whoa! You get a new lease on life. I think they'd pull the shoot almost every time, and it would change their life for the positive. Because think the, about it, it wasn't. It's not going to be worse after that. that. What's what? the percentage on that? They pulled the shoot. What's the percentage? I'd say between fifty and ninety-five. That's wow. I mean, it, if somebody, I would say, I would out, guess is eighty-five, ninety-five off the top of my head. Yeah, but I mean, if somebody actually found out that. 15% of all people don't pull the shoot in Matt Carter's But they business. were trying to commit suicide anyway. <laughs> this is Matt Carter. So there would be a suicide. They would lo- I, what I'm saying is it would lower suicide rate. So wouldn't lower. the same be true then if you just handed someone a gun and said, hey, I, no, I, I no, really do have Not at all. Not, you, not the no, same hold at on, all. Hold on. But it's, the barrels are empty. But they don't know that. And you say, here's no. a loaded gun. I really do love you, and I want, I want to be able to help you. No. And so they pull the trigger. Isn't that the same Not concept? at all, because the, the, the adrenaline, the perspective, the adventure part you of that is what makes adrenaline you... Adrenaline pointing a gun to No, your... it's the depressive. It's one little finger motion. You know, how, you know how you say for your depression the exercise helps? Well, this right. is a turbocharge of that, buddy. All right. Well, hey, King's Carter Co- Inter- Enterprises, we take you to the... Lowering limit. the suicide you rate. You decide. No, no, Carter Enterprises, you decide. <laughs> Carter Extreme Sports, lowering the suicide rate. Pretty good, pretty good. So I cannot get enough of this King's Kaleidoscope album. It's, I mean, it's I unbelievable. Can, I cannot get enough of still, it. So you're still I, jamming I, it? I just, hope, I just hope we've done it justice, seriously. You know what's I'm, really funny is my four-year-old and my two-year-old are constantly, when I'm playing in the car, in the back, just going, Defender with Dima. Are you serious? Yeah, they're just singing the song all the time. Does that mean it's the catchiest part? Is that how yeah. you tell? You play it for no, they, kids? They sing them all. They, they really like fix, fix My Eyes. They really do like that one, too. And then they like Defender, and then probably next would be Felix Culpa. But, but I don't know if that's because that's the ones I listen to the most. Listen how perceptive Rosa is. She actually asked me, she said, is this bad Christian music? Because I guess they've heard, she's heard us talk about bad Christian while we've been listening to it. And I was like, yes. Every time we talk about bad Christian, I always ask her, I was like, Rosa, why do we call it bad Christian? And she's like, well, because we love Jesus, but we need Jesus because we do bad things. So 
I feel good about her. Wow, man, wait, the gospel. Uh, what a great way to just make yourself look awesome. Yeah, you've, you've done you're a great job, pop, Papa Joey. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, thanks. What, tell us about all the orphans you help in other third world countries well, and, and then stuff like that. I will, but let me first talk about Ruby and her Ouija board habits. Come on. <laughs> she likes it. She can spell her ass off on that Ouija board. <laughs> can your daughter spell Ouija? Okay, then. I'm teaching her. So, Matt, uh, how, does, uh, how does Chad feel about the King's Kaleidoscope release, Chad being the leader of King's Kaleidoscope? Oh, he, he's super stoked on it. I mean, the, the fact that the response has been this big is great. What we like about it is uh, what's a win for everybody is it makes us look great to have such an awesome band. And also right. all the new fans and the response of our people uh, is surprising to him because he just has done, you know, church music and in the worship world to have all these punk rock and hardcore people on the Emory pages and everywhere else talking about it and the the doubling and tripling of traffic uh has been really awesome because we didn't know you know would people only want to hear screamo from bad christian music so now we've really boom put it in there we've got you know a variety of music and we have a lot of stuff in common like the way we view worship and right well you guys earn you guys earn the trust of your audience honestly and i think if if emory put something on their facebook page saying this is a must listen to worship album that's intriguing for sure so yeah, I think I'm so. Excited, too. man. But um, so you can you can check that out at our website anywhere. You can find King's Kaleidoscope stuff, and also King's K Live is the URL. King's K Live dot com. So backchristian dot com or King's King's K Live dot com. And so that's our first catalog release for Bad Christian Music. We're thrilled about it. So what about y'all's new album? When's everybody's been asking about that? We're working on it now. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be coming out. Matt, what do you think? Like late. It's, it's supposed to be uh, the end of August is what we're yeah. really looking at right now. We're going to be doing a crowdfunding campaign to help us do that since we are independent now. Um, the name of the album is going to be You Are Never Alone. It's going to be really good. I guess I have to say that no matter what, so nobody actually really believes me. But if you're an Emory fan, you will not be disappointed. I'll put it this way. It'll be all right. It'll be decent. Okay. Wow. That's, that's good. sold me. Pretty run of the mill. Yeah, no, but I terrible. love the concept. Uh, when I was on tour with you guys for a little while, I love what, you know, the concept behind You Are Never Alone and just how uh, Emory has always been about the fans, about the following, about kind of a big virtual community of, of Emory fans. I'm, yeah, I, I would it. say this, this new album sounds more like Garfunkel. We have a huge Garfunkel, not Simon and Garfunkel, but just Garfunkel. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would not. I would not have assessed huge it that Garfunkel way. influence. Yeah, Emory's always been a, a community. Like we've always been an alternative to, uh, you know, music style and and attitudes, and we've always had that. And that's what Bad Christian just turned into. It's the same thing. So all the way from Emory to doing Bad Christian to doing this podcast, we really have. It's not a, the giantest one in the world, but we have our own community, and that's what we're saying when we say you are never alone. Uh, yeah. Both people that deal with being alone and isolation, because that's one of the things that seems to be a, a common theme through our fans and fan base is isolation and rejection and uh, just being feeling left out. But we all are in that together. So, yeah. So that's what You Never Alone was about. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, I got an email from a uh, pastor um, and I'm connected to a lot of pastors, so this could be anywhere in the United States of America. It's Jeff Surratt. But. <laughs> totally not, but let me read this, and I want to get y'all's take on it. It says, Dear friends, I've got an urgent need to get a tree taken down. If you've got someone in your congregation who does this sort of thing, I'd appreciate getting their info. I'd rather hire a believer if I can, but I'd rather pay a sinner who will actually show up on time <laughs> than a Christian who doesn't. He was not kidding. There was no smiley face. There was no reply saying, <laughs> that was awesome. 
Dead serious. I'll say that again. I'd rather hire a believer if I can, but I'd rather pay a sinner who will actually <laughs> show up on time than a Christian who doesn't. Your take on that, Matthew Carter? Uh, I don't know. It's funny. To, I don't care. And people can do what they want to do. But I think what's funny about it is that he's acknowledging that it is bad to pay a sinner. Like, to let a sinner get money is not really anything we should want to do. But in this case, he, as long as, the, you know, he doesn't want somebody to be late because that's well, really it just bad. seems to me like he's kind of lost. He's kind of lost sense of the fact that Christians are sinners. I mean, that's yep. not our identity anymore, but we are. So I think he's probably implying like uh, somebody that goes to the church or something like that. I think he's just used those words. But I think he's saying somebody he'd rather hire somebody that we know that maybe attends our church that is a Christian. But it could he'd way rather a great job be done and they not be affiliated. Which is fine. I mean, you know, I, I'd say this. It really is a lot like about the uh, the Christian music industry where it's a ton of people in that that do not give a shit. They're just trying to make money. Like, that's that's all it is. You market Christian music to Christian consumers, and then you get paid. So there's a million people in Christian bands that lead them and people in the, in the industry that just they do not care about anything. It's not even Christian. It's just marketed to Christians. And also that exists in the business world too. You see it on business cards and, and stuff like that where people will put a Bible verse on something or whatever. A lot of that is uh, it's just kind of good PR for your company because right. people like that will just immediately hire you over the other guy if you're looking at two business cards and one has a Bible verse on it. If right. you know I mean, your market, then that's just all that is. That, that's what I'm saying. It begs the question, Christianity, is Christianity a business too? Well, people make it into a business, but there's there such things as a Christian fence repair man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think certain people go, I'll put this, you know, I think they have the, maybe even the right intentions, but I think they go, they're, they're, if you're in the South and you put a Bible, like, for example, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, I love her to death, but she ever sees like five guys has a, a scripture on it, she goes, oh man, this place is just wonderful. I will always support <laughs> You know they are just amazing. That doesn't Seer- mean it's false, but I mean that's that's easy to do. Like she, but she also gets a, a upset if if you say holiday tree instead of Christmas tree. So I think some people use it to their advantage for sure. Anyway, great great topic of discussion. We're gonna take a break. Up next, Joey, who's coming? And we have Pastor Jeff Surratt, uh, a former boss of mine. I'll always consider him uh, my boss to some degree, even though he probably doesn't want that responsibility. He's worked with Rick Warren before had a huge hand in the multi-site church planting. So we'll have him uh, right after this break. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you already have your own podcast? Do you have a microphone and a computer? Well, you're about one step away from having your own. All you're missing is a host and your new host is signalleaf.com. SignalLeaf hosts the Bad Christian Podcast because self-hosting a podcast is too time-consuming and tedious. I don't have time for it. You don't have time for it. SignalLeaf.com. It's the little guy. It's the underdog. It's hosting without the headache. Go to SignalLeaf.com forward slash Bad Christian today to get your podcast rocking and rolling. We are back with our guest, uh, Pastor Jeff Surratt. Uh, Pastor Jeff is a uh, big voice in the church, one of my personal favorite voices uh, in church leadership. He helped shape and steer uh, multi-church planting, um, and he's worked in some of the most influential, biggest churches in America. Uh, Rick Warren uh, worked at Saddleback Church and uh, just uh, just an unbelievable voice and perspective of, of where the church is heading, where the church has been. 
Uh, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, his blog is jeffsurratt.com. That's with a G-E-O-F-F, Surratt, S-U-R-R-A-T-T.com. Uh, just some great, great postings of, of thoughts on uh, things that are going on in the church today. Uh, so welcome. Welcome, Pastor Jeff. Good having you here. Hey, man, it's great to be with you guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. I hope yeah. we didn't bum you out with all the death talk up front there, Pastor Jeff. Yeah, being as old as I am, I can't even remember what you talked about at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, just watch out for the steps. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stay off the steps, and I'm never going up in a plane with Matt. <laughs> okay. Now, Joey, what do you want to do? We got questions for him? All right, so we've got, uh, just to kind of loosen things up a little bit, not that we need to, because I think things are pretty much loose, but we've got 10 questions to ask uh, Jeff Surratt, and basically he has to choose one or the other. Uh, and he cannot explain one way or the other why he picked uh, this answer. So the first one would be uh, Mark Driscoll or Stephen Furtick. I'll go with Mark Furtick. Mark Furtick. All right. Uh, out of your two brothers, Greg Surratt or Chris Surratt? Chris. Chris. Bud Light or Miller Light? Bud Light. Emery or Matt Redman? Oh, gosh, man. Wow. Your daughter's really, really no explanation. That is really hard. That, no, I know. I couldn't explain. You know, I'm going to give it to Emory by a hair. All right. Yes. If you could send one sports team to hell, which one would it be? Miami Heat or the Dallas Cowboys? Chicago Cubs. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> if you could go on the best vacation ever for a whole week, but you could only choose one person to go with you, who would it be? Sherry Surratt, your wife, or Jesus? <laughs> Sherry Surratt. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yes or no question. Yes or no. Can you get Rick Warren to be on this podcast? Um, I'm going to go with hell no. <laughs> uh, Toby, you want to do number eight for me because I, I'm against this one. I don't have it up. Okay. Well, I'll say it. Sorry. I don't, I don't support this one at all. If your wife or daughter is hanging from a cliff and you can only pull one of them <laughs> we up. We do this one all the time. We can talk about it after if you like. We're skipping this oh, one. Number on. nine. Why can't he answer it? It's all a right. tough one. <laughs> i tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer that one as soon as the three of you answer I say it, so. wife no matter what. <laughs> I, you know what? I always said before when I got married, I was like, my wife will always be more important than my kids, no matter what. But it, yeah, you would easy. say wife, Matt, no matter what. But but your daughter is no, what, six, seven months old. I mean, now Priscilla for sure. If I pulled her up instead, she would tell me she, that yeah, she regrets. Yeah, that. Jess Not would me. divorce me immediately. <laughs> I'm just what, kidding. Hey, what do you think, uh, Miss Sherry would want you to do? You know, I just think it's cute that you guys actually answered that question out loud. That's all. Hey, we're I've, been, I've been married 32 years, and I plan to be married 33. So. Well, Jeff, you're older than us. How often do you, do you end up on a cliff holding your wife and daughter and trying to save their lives? Does that happen? Do you have any wisdom? Uh, it's four times so far, but we're working on it. All right, last question. Failure or a migraine headache? Failure. All right. Awesome stuff. So we're just going, uh, I, I'll just say this, guys, um, you can go to uh, jeffsurratt.com. It is .com, right, Pastor Jeff? G-E-O-F-F. Uh, great. Yep. Great uh, blog writer. Uh, recent post uh, that I think we actually retweeted from Bad Christian was uh, Donald Miller's recent uh, declaration of leaving the church. He has a uh, just a good take on situations like that. And just uh, honestly, I mean, just a very wise man that I think just has a healthy perspective on the church. So 
Uh, the point of having him here on this podcast is primarily uh, to learn some stuff, ask some questions, have some fun. Um, first question we're going to ask is, do you believe a pastor can be restored back to his pastoral role after an affair? If you do think yes to this, what would some stipulations need to be? Yeah, great question. I think absolutely. Um, this, I think Jesus pretty much covered this one in, uh, uh, what is it, John 8, with the woman caught in adultery. Um, if any of us have, have not, uh, if there are any pastors who haven't screwed up in this area in some way or another, I, I'm not aware of them. I've never met them. So, yeah, I absolutely believe a pastor can be restored, should be restored. Um, to me, some of the things that you go through are, uh, is will he submit to a, a group of a group of men that will hold him accountable? Um, I think there needs to be uh, really laid out steps of what he's going to do, what he's going to change. Is he in counseling? He and his wife together just walked through this with a friend recently was really, really amazed at how he went through a whole year right. being accountable to me, several other guys, um, counseling. And now he uh, he's getting ready to plant a church wow. and really, really proud of him. Yeah, I think for me, this is a tough one just because I think. I think some things you get a pass and some things you don't. Like, for example, if Wait, we were to, b- before you go into this, let me just say yeah. something to Pastor Jeff. Toby is a very horrible person. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Yep. Um, I would say, like, for example, if we were talking about a doctor that slept with several of his patients, I think we would all go, man, that guy's so unethical. And then I, I love the story of redemption with people, but do if that is a temptation, it seems like the position helps pastors mm-hmm. get into that. Meaning... And the reason why I say this because it seems like every time we talk about a pastor screwing up, it's either money or an affair. It, and I'm, I know I'm generalizing here, but I mean, why why do we think they should just get back up and preach again just because they have a gift? Is that, I mean, what's the what's the reason they they're allowed to get back and teach people? Well, I think I think there's a difference, uh, Toby, between um, just job, just getting back up and teaching again and the kind of process that I'm talking about and the kind of process I'm talking about uh, lasts for a long time is pretty thorough. There's accountability that is ongoing, I think for a lifetime. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is I, I can't find scriptural support that says that this particular sin disqualifies somebody for the rest of their life. While the sins that you and I do every day don't disqualify. How about this then? What if it's more like this? When that happens, let's say that happens a hundred times, how many of those do you think actually would complete, well complete, stick with it through that process? Because I think it answered both yours and Toby's point of view. Maybe it's a low percentage, and then the other 85% were just, yeah, they, they never were going to submit anyway, and they were wrongly probably attracted to the power, and that's it. So settles them right out. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Matt. Maybe we could take them up in a helicopter or in a plane, mm-hmm. <laughs> throw them out. And if they don't pull the ripcord, they shouldn't be restored. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, why do we, why do we, is it because of their gift that we think they should be a, a pastor again? Because why can't we go through all that restoration and then they be a computer software programmer? Well, think of it as spiritual warfare. If it's a calling on their life, then we just say, oh, they're not called anymore because okay. they sinned. Right. No, no, I agree with you. But that, there is the whole line where you can never, there's no argument that if somebody says, yeah, I have a calling. Well, then, okay, well, you're back. Well, I mean, how I, do you I, ever, I, if somebody says I have a calling, oh, you know what? I really think that God is calling me to be a preacher again. Well, no, he, I mean, I can't say he's a liar. Say, I, here's what I would say though. 
if there is a calling, then there should be a question as to whether or not you're, I think you're kind of arguing yeah, but for I mean, they should. No, but I'm saying we all agree, hey, a, an elder or a deacon should has, needs to follow this. He needs to be above reproach. He needs to not drink much wine. He needs to not do this, this, and this. And if he doesn't, he's disqualified from being that for, on the get-go. So all I'm saying is even if this develops, and what I'm saying is I also think that some reason uh, pastors are very much tempted by Satan to have affairs. I think it's a great point, Toby, that the elder, you know, the qualification for elders, and then you're disqualified, but are you disqualified forever? In other words, if there is a guy who at one point in his life uh, was given to too much wine or didn't have uh, uh, leadership in his home, does that mean that he can never, ever be an elder again? Or does that mean that for a season he is disqualified, but at another time, possibly another place, he will once again be qualified? I, I think if you look at at David in the Bible is a great example of someone who disqualified himself, clearly disqualified himself, and yet was qualified, requalified to continue to lead Israel. God did not remove the kingship from him like he did remove the yeah. kingship from Saul. Yeah, but, we're, but we're actually, hold on one second. Too. I, the, the other thing that I, I think that's a great point. I do believe for sure in redemption and renewal and restoration. But uh, the thing about it too is though, and, and you might can speak into this, when this happens to a pastor, just take Pastor A, and he uh, he somehow gets lured into a relationship, and then, not lured, he chooses to sin. Do they usually let him go get a regular job? Does he have to go get a normal job outside of any kind of church affiliation? Like, can he just work at a factory for that, that one year, or does he get to have like, oh, you know, everybody comes around him and supports him still financially and stuff like that? How does that happen? Because that still seems like a little bit of a dream state if, if he's not in the real world. Sure. And so what you're saying, Toby, is if, if uh, Pastor A has an affair, his wife and kids should be punished to the max. So oh, no, should... no, no, no. Oh, no, I mean... no. Yes, you did. That's what you just said. Because you said he can no longer do any of the things that he's educated to, has, ed has qualifications for. He can't do that anymore. He has to go get a job at a factory. Who pays that price? Well, it's his wife and children that pay the price. Now, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they should always stay in the church. I think there definitely needs to be change. I think he needs to leave that particular church. But to me, saying that he cannot use the skills and experience and education that he has to support his family again holds him to a standard that no one else ever ever has. We would never go. My daughter's a musician, right? So we would never go to my daughter and say, hey, you messed up, so we're going to take your guitar away, and you cannot play the guitar and earn your living that way for the next year. Then we'll give you your guitar back. So I think it's a – we have to think of it. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's a little bit – I don't think it's, like, really bad that he goes and works at a factory. That sounds like his family's going to be destitute and miserable. I think – if you guys are, you know, if there's a board or a group of men and women that are surrounding this pastor, I think that they would, that, that's my point. I think the community should still come around and support them and help them figure out a job and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. That, that sounds like, oh, man, now I work in a factory and I only make $15 an hour, so my family's going to be hurt. And that's most of the congregation. That's what I'm saying. Like, his actual job he did bad at, just like if I was a computer programmer and I did a really bad job at it, they would fire me. Part of it is he got into trouble because of what he was doing, because of being in ministry and that becoming more important than Jesus, maybe.
Well, that's what they do in the recovery community. If there's a celebrity and then they have to go to rehab, then they tell them, you, you need to work at Starbucks. You can't just say I'm 60 days sober and then go back on set. Like that, you know what I mean? They, they do that, and the ones that are successful at least in beating addiction or whatever it is, which is similar to sexual stuff, you know, that they have to go and just be out of the public until a really long time before they could go back and be a celebrity because of the temptations and stuff that are there. It sounds like what you're saying, Toby. Uh, what, why is it, too, it feels this way, too. How, how do pastors get to say, give such political answers with this? Like they usually say their answers are like, I am spiritually or physically drained, and this happened. I allowed myself to get into something inappropriate or had an inappropriate relationship. Why can't they just say, yes, I actually had sex with a woman that was not my wife? Do, do, do they do that? I'm kind of asking the question. It feels like I us- they usually give a very vague— it's, It feels political, you're saying. Yeah, yeah it, feel, it feels like a, politici- a political answer, and, and people think politicians are slimy. So uh, it makes me think a little slimy of a, of a pastor, but what, what do you think about that, Jeff? Well, I'm kind of curious, Toby. It sounds like you have a broad brush that Busted. all pastors say this. You may have a specific pastor in mind that said a specific thing. Yeah. And in that case, you'd have to talk to him personally. I right. don't know. Um, I, you know, I mean, pastors respond in different ways, just like musicians and campus pastors and uh, computer operators all respond in different ways. You know, I agree with you. I think that some of it's slimy. The other part of it, though, I also have to ask is, why do I need to know the details? Um, what What's the upside for me getting all the nitty-gritty details? Is it because that's what's needed for this pastor's restoration? I feel like it leads to gossip all the time. I feel like whenever I hear about stuff like this, then everywhere on the news, everybody's talking about it. Um, you know, there's pastors, and just recently, there's several pastors in the news for cert- certain things that were inappropriate or maybe not even illegal or anything like that, but just inappropriate. And then I just feel like everybody ends up talking about it. So if it was just brought to light, I feel like when everything's brought to light, then you can't even gossip about it or anything. It's just, here's what I did. And it's, it's bad. Yeah, but why, why is an inappropriate relationship with a female not bringing it into the light? I agree with pastor Jeff here. Why do they need to know it was oral sex or, Oh no. Yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe there, I agree with you, you all, there should probably is some limit and maybe it's even okay. That's why I'm kind of asking a question. I'm not saying, I'm just saying it, it does sound like that. I would say more often than not, and you're right. I am painting a pretty broad brush here. I think a lot of pastors are very clear. I, I would even say, for example, um, I used to work at a church called uh, Mars Hill, and the pastor there is named Mark Driscoll. And a couple things happened recently, and he did an open apology, and he addressed them very clearly. And I was like, and, and honestly, it felt refreshing. I was like, man, he hit that dead on. He said it very clearly. Hey, I did this. We worked with this. I thought this. And I think it's probably still protected his image. It, it was very, very worded very well. But at the same time, I just thought, I, I thought it was refreshing just to hear, okay, this is cool, man. Yeah. This guy said what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, th- th- I, you're not going to believe you're going to hear these words out of my mouth, but I agree <laughs> with you, Toby. I think, I think, I, I, I think some of the politically correct statements yeah. do more harm than good. I also think that not just with pastors, but with all of us, we confess at the level that's appropriate to the audience. Right. So if a pastor is talking to his wife, then there may be a point where he explains the actual act that he did you know, with his board of accountability or elders or whatever, he needs to be pretty specific. A general apology to the congregation or confession to the congregation, I think, can be more general. And I was very impressed with Mark Driscoll's uh, letter that he uh, wrote. I thought for the audience, it was very appropriate in that there were 
there weren't a lot of specifics, you know, on this date I did this. It was more of a generality. I think it's a great template for a pastor who who feels the need or does have the need to. Cool. Now, Jeff, the reason this is important for us and our audience is, I mean, we don't even always talk about stuff like this, but a lot of bad Christian listeners and followers are people who are really irritated at pastors and the church. And so we're always hearing them saying, you know, and they do exactly what you're saying is they think this one guy did this one thing at my local church, and now I hate all pastors and all churches. And our message is always, look, we, we love the church. We appreciate your perspective. I think Toby's somewhat representing uh, the tendency to really gang up on pastors, but we do find that to be a prevalent thing. So thank you for answering some of those questions. No, I was just to say, I totally get that. I, I know Pat, I probably know more pastors than all three of you guys combined and they really <laughs> piss me off too, but there's, 300, there's 300,000 of us around the country. And I would say you, you have a bad experience with two That's or right. three and it feels like they're all that way. My general impression is, is that overall they're not, but there's enough really, really big jerks to, yeah. uh, to justify feeling pretty pissed off. There is a, uh, question on our Facebook page for pastor Jeff and we're, you know, we're not assuming that you do have a clear picture of what we're trying to do, um, with bad Christian, but I'm sure you have somewhat of an idea it just says, how do you feel about bad Christians mission message belief, uh, agree or disagree with their posts and general podcast, um, you know, as far as uh, what we talk about with the church and modern culture, is it helpful or not? So basically just a general question of what do you think? Yeah, no, I like what, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, um, I, I, I love what Matt was saying a while ago, and I've, I've seen this on your Facebook page and some other places where you are speaking to an audience that um, normal 52-year-old uh, pastors like me don't have a voice into that audience. And so... I think that is a phenomenal thing, and I think you're you're doing it at a very uh, gut level, very um, uh, 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 transparent level. So I lo- I love that. I love that. The thing I and and I don't, I don't think you guys are doing this because I know your hearts. I don't know uh, as much with Matt, but I, I know your hearts toward the church, and I I I, I know that. But not so much for you guys, but for in some, in some cases. One of the things I get a little frustrated with, and because it's gone on for so long, yeah. is just what feels like to me an endless mm-hmm. deconstruction of the church. Yeah. Um, just a constant, uh, constant. Not, not. I'm not speaking specifically about you guys at all, but in the chatter, in the, in the, in the buzz, is just a, a constant deconstruction of here's what the church does wrong, and here's what it's done wrong in the past, and here's what it's still doing wrong, and here's what we're upset about, and and I get that. I, I have been there, but I don't know after a point, it, I just don't know how, how uh, constructive it is. It, it, it's like trying to build a house. You can't build a house by right. constantly tearing down the old house. Eventually you have to say, okay, it's torn down. We're going to, we're going to build. I have friends who are doing just amazing kingdom work within the church of Christ, within the Lutheran church, within the Methodist church, within the, the non-denominational church. And honestly, I'm kind of getting to a point because I'm so old and about ready to fall down the stairs. But I'm kind of <laughs> getting to a point where, and I, I hope you, I, I don't mean this personally pointed at you guys, but in general, I don't really, I don't really care what you like or don't like about the church. I really don't. I got two questions. What are you personally doing to further the kingdom and how's it going? And yeah. really, that's what I'd rather talk about is 
in your life, your ministry, your your family, wherever it is, what are you doing? I like that. That's, to that's terrific. I think that's what's interesting is that's where we totally agree, which I think we probably agree on almost everything. And uh, uh, we we want everybody to see that about us is that we are for and to support the church. That's what we're for because we meet people all the time, like I said, that are just burnt on the church. I'm burnt on the church. That's the phrase that comes up endlessly. And all those people are looking for. And, so now, like when two or more gathered at my house, that's church to me. Or I feel I feel spiritual when I'm sitting on a, my surfboard in the waves. Sometimes I feel closer to God than I do at church. Like I hear that stuff all the time, and I and we that we don't yeah. accept that. That's not what that's not what church is. That's not what we. That's not. I mean that those things aren't bad, but that's we uh, we want we want people to b- belong to accountable bodies and go to church and support and build and grow for sure. Yeah, and I will say we've actually and and I I'm we're not defending bad Christian because we know Pastor Jeff is not, um, you know, criticizing bad Christian specifically, just general admonition. But we have gotten emails from people saying we are going back to the church now. Like we, we kind of, after reading y'all stuff, we realize that we've just been too critical. We're part of the problem and that sort of thing. So that has been encouraging because I would never, I mean, gosh, if, if our whole point of existence was to pick on the church, I would for sure want to quit. Well, and I agree with you too. I think you make such a good point of, uh, fundamentally the, the mission of the church, if Jesus Christ is the center then it, it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's what, what are you doing? Do you believe what you say and are you doing something? So people are going to congregate no matter whether it's a football game or at a bar. So I, I'm not opposed to meeting on Sunday mornings or doing those things at all. And, and that's kind of our, our big thing too. We want to support the church and, uh, and that's why we like having, you know, uh, I really like that people don't just accept what we say. That's not what we want because we get a lot wrong yeah a whole lot wrong so we love having perspectives of you know we know i mean at your age you probably have three or four more good years of wisdom before you know it sets in and so we just really appreciate you you know being here how do you think the church <laughs> was a joke by the way nobody <laughs> we got it no i i have a quick question in return toby how in the world did you get jessica to marry you that's unbelievable <laughs> she's gonna really laugh at this when she hears that i ask myself that question a lot a whole you lot should. You should. She, <laughs> I, and she asked that question strangely enough a lot. <laughs> pastor jeff uh what what are some more innovating uh turns that the church needs to take as far as uh reaching the younger generation that uh has no interest in church yeah, no, good question. I think one of the things I'd say is um, the rumors of the death of the, of the church dying or the death of the church are way over-exaggerated. church is over 2,000 years old. It was doing really well before I came along. It's going to do really well after I fall down the stairs. So they, uh, I'm not concerned about the future of the church. That, that being said, I think it is the impetus, the, um, it's, it's the responsibility of every generation to figure out what form the church needs to take in order to uh, reach their generation. So for me to for me to say this is what needs to happen to reach millennials, I don't have a clue. I have no idea. I'm not a millennial. I, I have two kids that are in that age group, um, and so I have some pretty good ideas of what it took to reach my generation, the baby boom generation. Um, but no idea. Um, but I am excited because what I see is younger people getting really, really fired up about what the church is, what it should look like, what it'll, what it will become. I think there's a grounding of just the very basics. I love what Toby said a while ago of the of the commitment to what a gathering, what gathering together means. But then the form of that, um, we're going to continue to see that morph. And uh, I, I'm just along for the ride. I wish I had a 
you know, I wish I could say here's three things that need to be need to happen, but that would be disingenuous on but my part. But you think part. it's possible for things to just be different? The form that it is now could could totally change as far as you're concerned, and to be okay. There's basics that don't that don't change, but the form, if it doesn't change, then we miss the millennials. What we're going through right now is is fun. It's awesome. Um, it's a good thing. It's a force of the church not relying on what quote unquote works and really, really understanding. I'll leave you guys with one thing that's been banging on my head. The Luke chapter 15, the first verse says that tax collectors and notorious sinners were coming to see, coming to hear Jesus teach. That's what I think is the driving force for the next 15 years of the churches. Why did notorious sinners love to hear Jesus teach? Awesome. And where did we get off track? And I think as we figure that out, the church is in great shape. I love that. I love wow. that. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Jeff, you've been a great guest, man. We sure do appreciate having you here. Uh, we'd love to have you back some point, at some point and give us a little bit more wisdom that we need all we can get for sure. Yeah. You if you ever have a time when Toby's not going to be on, I'd love to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking, taking time to talk with us, man. Okay, man. Good to talk with you guys. See you later. Great having uh, Jeff Surratt. Remember his blog, jeffsurratt.com. Um, man, I, I hope I hope you didn't hurt his feelings as far as all the death talk and everything and falling down the stairs. And man, it would be horrible if he did fall well, down the stairs this week. A, that'd and we make heard us look pretty it. prophetic now, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess so. So, have y'all ever said that to somebody and then like they uh, died? Oh my gosh, have I have done? the crazy. I think I told y'all this before. Um, I came to I, when this was when I was a school teacher. I came up to my buddy. He was a fellow math teacher on the same hall. And I said, hey, man, um, I am so glad to see you. And he's like, what in the world's wrong with you? I said, I dreamed that you had cancer and died. He's just like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. I was like, it's so real. So it's just really good to see you. Two days later, he was not there. I asked, where is Chip? They said, Chip just found out that he had uh, really aggressive cancer and has to have emergency surgery. Did he die? Listen, as good... As no, he did not die. He's totally fine now. But oh, thank as, the Lord. as close of friends as we are or were, we never talked about that. Like what do I, you mean? I never said, Man, can you believe like I had a dream about that? We it was I think it just freaked us out too, but like neither one of us ever spoke. So about you think that was <laughs> like a, a real vision from God or just random coincidence? I guess it had to have been. Now, I'm pretty sure it was testicular cancer, so maybe just did the little check that we're all supposed to do once a month. Oh. Have you done your check, Toby? Oh, gosh, that stuff just, <laughs> I'm a hypochondriac, and I just can't stand it. I just hate it. I don't like thinking about it. And, and talking about getting older and stuff, the, the worst thing about getting older is, I was thinking about this, at, at, as you get older, I think people care less and of less if you die. Less. Yeah, absolutely. I know, but I mean, it just isn't that yeah. sad? I mean, so just the idea of who are you? What are you, Matt? Is the real Matt Carter or Joey Svensson uh, when you were seven or when you were 17 or when you were 27 or 37, 57, 87? Hey, I think I Which one's the real that. one? Okay. I, what is this, it? See if this makes sense. You are an eternal soul and being. You get to come into the world, but, but from once you're born into the world, then you are immediately tainted and infected with sin so like when you're when you're you have yeah. an eighth month old baby she's so sweet and i think she's the best i think it's the best possible version of her she's going to get worse until she dies that's my point of view of my daughter currently and then by the time she dies and she'll be totally restored and i think that restoration back right. to you know pre-sin so the whole time you're on earth you just kind of get worse that's my what i think 
Yeah, I, so, I agree. There's, there's no, everybody. There's everybody no one says, certain oh, state it, of you. Like, you're, you're, before you're born is probably the best you can be. Yeah, but, I mean, don't you think at some point you're the most you? you no. It, are you saying that you're the most no. when you're a little baby? You don't even think you – so you're not you no, at you all are, during your whole life? The best you, are, you, the real you, is the eternal one anyway. So you have a bunch of different crappy versions while you're here. I'm just talking about in time and the whole idea of time and, and it being linear, as all we can see is linear. I, 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 just, I just don't even get what you're talking then about. Stay I'm, out just saying, of it, Joey. I'm just saying, for example, <laughs> you are completely different than you were at seven years old and at 15 years old. Yeah, and but at 20. And so all I'm saying is you're just, you're just looking at it from, oh, my environment, and I'm reacting to my environment now. But I'm saying which, all of those were real. They were Joey Svensson. Each per, each of those times were Joey Svensson. And so is, is one of them, is, is that dying? I mean, is that you just won't ever be seven again? Or is that, so that so where, do you, where do you draw the line? I mean, every single second then is a different That's form true. of Joey Svensson. And cellularly, all the cellular material in your body every so often is totally, there's no cells in your body that were there 10 years ago, for instance. Zero physical connection. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know who I am is basically what I'm trying to say. But as you get older, people care about That's you true. less and less. And I had this kind of, I had this timeline of, of less emotion for when you die. So when it's, when you're a child, if a child dies, it's horrific. Then a teen it's oh, it's unbearable. Twenties to forties taken too soon. In, in a real sad, sad way. Like yeah. Yeah. I was just... sad. Yeah. 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 It's taken way too soon. I'm just saying, right. man, that is just, that's, that's awful. But then fifties to eighties, had a great life. <laughs> <laughs> then eighty to a hundred, it was for the so, best. <laughs> I think I think fifty to eighty, that's too that's too big of a category. I think there's probably something from like fifty to sixty five. You're probably right. I mean, I, I'm just kind of this is just a, a idea I had in my head, but I just and I can't imagine when if I actually make it to eighty five, I promise you, and I'm not joking, I will start chain smoking, <laughs> no matter what. I don't care. I used to smoke when I was younger. I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it. If I make it to 85, I'm just like, uh, well, yeah, there's no why way would you're I get lung cancer at that point. So you, it wouldn't, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Statistically, if, get, if, if that was thing, valuable probably. to you, I think statistically it would be a good idea. Yeah, and my other idea is because, you know, I visit a nursing home and it costs so much money, I decided that no matter what, I'm going to do some kind of big crime. Ooh, I like this and idea. And if I get caught, uh, no, if I get away with it, then... My family I will have the money from my idea. crime. I won't ever. I won't tell them, so they won't. They won't have to like feel bad about where the money came from. It, and if you I get, get caught, you get taken I care of. To That's genius, Toby. <laughs> I promise you. I wish I'd had that. I'm super jealous. So that sounds like something I would come up with. You, you, you pull off a big monetary crime that will put you in. It's the more white collar the crime, the better, because you might go to one of those minimum security, get yeah. taken care of, yeah. and save your, yeah. your family your uh, retirement bill. That's genius. I know. Why wouldn't you? It's not like you're 85 and all the the bad uh -uh, convicts are totally going to try and get you. That would 85-year-old guy. And, and yeah, the, you're, the, you're the cool old guy that pulled off. 75 is when you go all in. In criminally in order to not be a burden on your family it's win-win like either either you get away with the crime yeah, I know. I, take I, care of your own retirement and give them the remainder or free retirement yeah toby and i we visit uh you retirement go visit. homes well people visit jails there'll be like li not, literally nothing bad about going to jail when you're 85 <laughs> zero it would definitely give you your own sale I'd hang out at the library. I'd probably get There's to watch no difference Judge in Wapner. Prison. <laughs> they don't leave. It's locked. If, if they try to go it. out and alarm goes I need to start talking off. to my dad about his plan soon. We've got about 15 it's years unbelievable. my dad's retirement. <laughs> so going, going to prison would save a ton of money, and you would just eventually you, – you know what? I, also, I think if you really got on your deathbed, they'd probably let you just go home and be with your family because you're not going to escape. You know what I mean? I, th I think that. But uh, 
So getting old, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> Did y'all hear recently that old Fred Phelps died? Yeah, we Facebooked about it, and uh, actually one of our uh, staff, I would say, volunteers with Bad Christian, what was the question that they posed? Yeah, do you think he's in hell? Do you think he's a Christian or not? It was a thing, like, you know, and basically it's just a giant amount of people just say, there's no way that guy was yeah. a Christian, and I hope he's in hell, I guess. I don't know. I think that's a little obnoxious way to think, my, personally. I would say um, we'll never know on this side, but I think it's doubtful that he's a Christian, but I hope that he is. So I definitely am not, oh, I hope he's burning in hell. I think Toby would say he very likely is, but I wish he wasn't. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I actually, man, this sounds crazy, and I don't want to talk about this because I think of justice, and I want my own vengeance, and I think the guy was an asshole and a creep and a bad guy, and he did really terrible things. I believe he and his warped brain believed in Jesus and Jesus' forgiveness. Now, so with that, what, what part of Jesus' forgiveness and what, what part of uh, Jesus am I not getting? What am I missing out on? Right. So if he's just a guy who loves Jesus and wants to make sure everybody else knows about him and the truth, which is what he's trying to talk about, only this guy may have picked the worst method ever. of doing. He may have selected a methodology of telling people about Jesus that is the worst ever. Bad decision on his part. Yeah, he, he misread, misinterpreted, did all that stuff. But I think it's a terrible thing to sit here and go, man, I don't want to like this guy. I don't want, you know, it's okay not to like him. But I mean, I don't, I mean, there is part of me that hopes he gets his. No, that's the thing is I, I can entertain that. I think a lot of Christians probably cannot, but I, I, yeah, I can entertain that. I just think that given his track record, given what he was passionate about, I have a hard time that he can be blinded that to, to that measure with something that uh, huge and, and have the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I, know, I know what your pushback is going to be, but that is monumental to think that there's huge um, uh, amount of folks that are, are never going to go to heaven. I mean, like he's wrong. He's just races, wrong about those. And all, I mean, that's just unbelievable. Like that—that that is. Yeah, he's wrong. And my response is, he's in. If he was a Christian, he's in heaven right now. Going, man, I cannot believe how bad. Well, let me ask y'all this: Does he understand the gospel? Do you think he understands the gospel? Um, I don't know, but I'm just saying I don't see why you. I just, it's too easy to just say that he's offensive. I do think on a certain level he does. I, I'm pretty sure he thinks. You need Jesus Christ to get to heaven. And he saves you from sin. He saves you from he sin. Died, now, so I after, think that, so. after that, that guy is messed up, wrong, terrible, you know, did a lot of stuff. But uh, And what's really crazy is how that, that just shows you the size. The, the demons also understand, not only know Jesus, but understand what the gospel is as well. So the question is, is he really a screwed up dummy that thought that was a good way to go? Or did he even understanding who Jesus and the gospel is, use that for power and abuse and hatred, and that's all he had in his heart anyway. Yeah. One of those two. The whole theme of things, too, is kind of funny because I, I, I'm sure I'm sounding ignorant here right now because I don't know the full story, but everything I've ever heard about uh, him and the that church is just that they pick it. So, <laughs> so in the whole scheme of things, like if you compare him to the really bad people, oh, yeah. he's not No, exactly. It's the same as people who don't talk... Yeah, it's the same as people want to talk about every bad guy. Like uh, Hitler isn't the worst person who ever lived. He's a, like the most successful, really, really bad person. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's not Fred Phelps was a really, really bad dude as far as what he did to people. But nowhere, I mean, there's a lot of worse people that have hurt more people that probably are Christians. And, and in heaven, it's just you, he got a lot of news coverage about it. 
Yeah, I'm just glad that one of our folks said this, they're just glad that we don't make the decisions. Like, man, if we were God, if God was like, hey, today, everybody that dies, you get to decide if they go to heaven or hell. I think we might send most to. If you saw everybody's life, you might send most to hell. So thank the Lord for Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> Thank Jesus really. for Jesus. Because, man, I think, I know I deserve it. It's, a, it's just really too easy to hate that guy. That's all I'm saying. It's like obvious the bias would be, yeah, we got to hate that guy. It's just too, e- it's too easy. I'm a little upset, too, they never pick it at us. An Emory show? Yeah, or just bad Christian. I was hoping maybe just to get a couple signs. Like, you know, I felt like we would have made it. Yeah. If you get picketed, I think That's you should good. take it as honor. If anybody wants to picket yes. us, let us know. We'll help promote it. Yeah, if you want to picket us, we'll make the signs. Just tell us what you want yeah, to say. Yeah, we'll make the signs. It would be great press. We'll write whatever you want. We'll, we'll provide coffee. Yeah, we'll bring food out Hotel. There. Um, if you really disagree on what we're saying, we'd love just because it just will make us feel better, like yeah. we're doing something. <laughs> Joey Ford, Joey, we're at work, and uh, Joey leans out. The uh, we're in our office, and Joey leans over, and goes, "Listen, have y'all heard this about Fred Phelps?" And we were like, "No, no." He said, "On his deathbed, he confessed that he was gay," <laughs> and I immediately went, "I immediately went, that is not true." Hold on. And Joey's like, I'm forwarding it to you right now. <laughs> so oh, I looked it up immediately. Of course, immediately it's immediately not true. Yeah. I just immediately went back to like Joey and Devin Shelton are the number one people that just love those. Devin Shelton, the other singer in Emory, used to always forward us a $30 Applebee free coupon <laughs> all the time. Like if you if you if we get enough forwards, we get free you, gas for a year. <laughs> To 15 friends, you'll get a $30, $100 Applebee <laughs> gift card. And Deb, we, Deb, we'd all get them. You just hear your phone go ding, ding, ding. And all, everybody would get, a, get one. And we're like, man, this isn't real. I don't know what it is that makes certain people not be able to recognize bullshit when it's there. But sorry, Joe, uh, you're in that right, category. Man. That's all right. Uh, I was going to give an excuse that mm. was a logical excuse, but you guys wouldn't have let me get off the hook. You go ahead and get it, and then we'll make fun of you. Yeah, say it, and then let's. Basically, it was sent by a reputable person, and so I clicked on it. I am not on the internet as much as you guys, and I don't read as much stuff as <laughs> you guys. Not true. <laughs> I do not, not read as much blogs and, and websites, and so well, it looked. Good that you are like a head head of one. It looked like a uh, official news sort of website. <laughs> so, that's great. You believe everything. I'm <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you hear Jesus came back, Joey? It was the weirdest thing. He took those people on the Malaysia plane. That was yeah. it. That's what happened. That's those. You only... better bleep that out. People get mad. That's it. What do you mean bleep it out? That was it. That was the rapture. That was the people on that plane, the only ones that went. I saw it on an email. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joey, the problem is you don't understand who's a reputable source in the first place. That's your problem. We are a reputable source here at Bad Christian. We're putting out lots of good stuff. We put out our podcast that you're listening to right now. We do blogs. Um, We do all kinds of things. And sometimes we get some reviews. And I wanted to read a review. Ooh, read them, read them. What do we got reviews for? Well, this is for our podcast, actually. I'm going to read just... I can't get all... We have three... Hey, we pretty much stayed in the top 100 all week, which is really I know. It's unbelievable. I I think it was great. If you hadn't heard our last podcast with Chris Dudley from Under Oath, you should check it out. But... um, so I was just looking at our reviews, and we have 66 reviews, and 60 of them are five stars, which I think is pretty nice. cool. One's a four star, and then we have three one stars, but I could only find one. I couldn't figure it out. I'm not very, I'm not on the internet as much as Joey, so I couldn't totally figure it out. But uh, <laughs> this one, I typed in most critical reviews, and the first one, I'm going to read the, the lighter one first. The, the, the lighter one is a three star, and it says, a little tame. A little lame. 
<laughs> the outreach podcast has some distance to run before it reaches where it claims it wants to go. Appears to be an honest effort. So I thought he kind of cleared it. That was kind of a nice little thing stuff. But here's the best one. And I think this one honestly goes directly to Joey. The title is Disgusting and Stupid. <laughs> and, and the name is By Disappointed and Grossed Out. That's that's his name. Yeah. <laughs> Grossed out. I believe this goes, I mean, it says four minutes in, and there's a graphic condom story told first. <laughs> <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Really? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Glad my boss or daughter wad. I think it was not present for that. Never listening again, and will tell my friends to avoid. Fail. <laughs> we failed. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> we failed. That's good but some of them are. All the other ones are really good. I mean, just people said, you know, really, really appreciate it. Uh, so it you know, what could, really wish it was even longer. Wanted more. All this great stuff. Does she not have a point though? Like she's listened to this uh, thing in Christianity and spiritual spirituality and religion on her podcast. She was it was on a chart somewhere, and she started listening to it in her house, coming out of the speakers, and the guy starts telling a, a story about a used condom in a parking lot and having sex with his wife four minutes in. <laughs> First of all, it's called bad Christian. Second of all, we do give warnings. That's true. true. Now, why did you think it was a, a female? I I thought it was a male. That's really funny. Yeah, I, thought oh, a, I don't know. I just assumed female in that. No, um, is don't dis- you, does uh, disappointed and grossed out have a gender? I guess not. It really seems female to me. I feel strongly about that. I don't know why. But I, I don't know why I thought it was a guy, but I just thought it was. I mean, isn't there a part of you guys that just thinks, man, that's real life? Like, Joey has a wife. He has sex with her. He used a condom. Yeah, and but, I mean, there's a limit. Hell I mean, yeah, Joey. It did kind of, the, the story is gross. I think that was kind of the point. It is gross. Like, it's a bizarre, weird story that oh. probably only happens once in a lifetime. Has it happened again? Then? <laughs> it probably only happens once in a lifetime. <laughs> How often does it happen now? Once or twice a week? I don't use them anymore. <laughs> I wish you would have forgot your pants and you were just walking around in a condom. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Where's my pants? I can't. In my hurry, I thought. <laughs> I hope disgusting and gross, disappointed and grossed out is not listening right now for sure. I'd say Joey, no way. Joey doesn't walk around in just a condom. We have to edit that. Anytime that we say something even close to uh, uh, compromising Joey, he gets really upset and he, goes, he gets that. Uh, 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 uh. That's not true. That's not every time. Okay. I just don't like it when it's way over the top, like the time you said. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Well, I mean, can you hand me the bong you've been smoking, please? <laughs> and the beer. I just want them both. Okay, here you go. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I'm taking Joey's bong away. Uh, we have a, a, a funny one on Facebook, a Facebook comment that I want to share. That's not on. It's kind of on the same lines. This guy's name is. Well, I won't say his name, but he said, "Never listen to a podcast by you." But I absolutely hate that you guys leech off your former fame as musicians to create to fuel your current unrelated lives. I hate how you still randomly talk about Emory as if it still exists. If you want your podcast to blow up for real, then stop asking us from this account and create one for bad Christians. Sick of hearing hearing about it. Deleting you from Facebook. Was a fan. Now I'm not. My favorite part about that is that he said to stop talking about Emory randomly as if Emory still exists. Wow. Man. <laughs> I wrote him back. I said, dang, it seems silly to waste time writing a band that doesn't exist. Signed, non-existent band member. I know. <laughs> This is a hell of a lot of work to not exist. 
dang, that whole tour we just got off did not exist, and we're not writing a new record. I know it's all. What if that's actually one of our sons, and we are in a nursing home? (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Like we we don't know where we're at. We're actually all together in you know some some nursing home. That's completely have lost our minds, and our children are trying to get through us. The only thing we even know is Facebook. Why do people get so mad on Facebook? It's Facebook. I mean, Uh, come on. You don't. I, I mean. For some reason, that guy was scrolling through, and our tiny little blurb offended him so bad that he had to take time out of his day to write us that he was going to stop listening. Just yeah, stop. Who cares? Oh, 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 no. We really did something bad. Oh, oh my gosh. What really blows Don't my mind. Don't use our Facebook like we want. Well, that's fine. I think it's okay, but I, if so, why would you want to be involved with anything? Just don't. I, I, people, there's plenty of people I like their music, but I don't need to. I don't care to follow their Facebook or comment. I don't. I don't. I never ever write anything on ACDC's Facebook page. Never. I love that band. I don't. <laughs> like, I mean, who who does this guy think he is? That like we we. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, does he think we're sitting there reading that, going, "Dang it, he's right." <laughs> Does it, uh, do you think that there's I hope a, this guy dies. <laughs> do you think, I'm just kidding. Do you think there's a part of him that actually thinks, ha, I told them they're going to be a little upset when they read this? Probably, yeah. I mean, I think, he, I think he's making this bold, this bold statement that really stands up to the, you know, our hypocrisy and how bad we are. But that's all we're talking about. We are stupid idiots that we are because we were in Emory. Some people do want to listen and find out a little bit more about us, and, and we are going to use that. I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, what in the world? I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm just out here. Just... Well, thank you guys for listening yeah, again. And uh, we sure do appreciate all the bad Christians all around the world, some from Australia, some from Greece, and some from Antarctica. And I Okay, you want me to keep going? Yeah. Nope, not going to do that. Thank you all. We'll see you later.